Hey, Dennis McKay. Hey, Gary Rayburn. Man, are we going to have our great program today? Oh, it's going to be awesome, dude. So uh, we're going to get in the cab with these drivers and take off down the road. So hit that starter, Dennis. Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> All right. program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. Turning from town to town, there's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks. My address is 408 414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day. We got us a thermos full of hot coffee. Got that driver up there. He just fired that engine up, and he's letting them air pressures build up so we can hit the road here in a second. Uh, that's right, Dennis. Uh, pour everybody a cup of that hot coffee and buckle up because we've got James Payne with us, and he is going to start our program today with a song for all of our friends down in Mississippi. That's right. Here's our good friend, James Payne. How many of you have ever been to Mississippi? Let me see your hands. How many of you are from Mississippi? <laughs> well, we're glad you escaped. 
No, I'm just kidding. I love Mississippi. I was down in, uh, in the delta of Mississippi, and they told me that was the birthplace of the blues. And I was preaching at a church that I believe was where the blues was born. At least everybody had the blues. And after 51 years of ministry, this was the deadest church I've ever been to so far. Now you're, you know, being auditioned today, so don't let me down. I <laughs> and so I went back to the hotel and I wrote this song to sing for that church. And when the track starts, it's going to sound like you're down in the Delta. All right? Hey. This ain't no house of the blues. It's a house of good news. This ain't no place to break down. It's a place to break through. This ain't no place for doubt. It's a place to sing and shout. So get out of that pew. Put on your dancing shoes. This ain't no house of the blues. Hey, lay your burdens down. Crank that music up loud. Forget about your hurts I come to house and church When your praise goes up The glory will come down Forget about your fears Come on and dry those tears God can turn things around This ain't no house of the blues It's a house of good news this ain't no place to break down It's a place to break through This ain't no place for doubt It's a place to sing and shout So get out of your pew Put on your dancing shoes This ain't no house of the blues I had the musicians play here So I could look around the church for people from Mississippi. And some of y'all may not have ever been there, but you look like you have. I don't care what you're going through. You're going through. God's got everything under control, so you might as well just go on and shout. Come on. You might as well just go ahead and shout. Your world's falling apart. You've got a broken heart. While you're in the right place To find mercy and grace There's a miracle man And one touch from his hand Can take away your pain So in Jesus' name Why don't you make your claim This ain't no house of the blues It's a house of good news this ain't no place to break down It's a place to break through This ain't no place for doubt It's a place to sing and shout 
So get out of your pew, put on your dancing shoes, this ain't no house of blues. And get out of that pew, put on your dancing shoes. Now here's a white man trying to sing the blues. This ain't no house of the blues. No, 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 no. And give the Lord praise offering. Come on. Come on. You can be seated. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all just gonna have to excuse me. God's done too much for me to me to be quiet. Woo. Mm. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning about the one thing that I know that pleases God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, For without faith... It's impossible to please God. So one thing that pleases God is faith. And it's not just believing God is, but it's believing God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Open our hearts, Father, that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, I'm not here by appointment. I'm here by assignment. Thank you for Pastor Rod and his wonderful ministry to the world and lord i feel so honored to stand in his pulpit today with his people to share with them your word stretch forth your hand that signs wonders and miracles may be done in the name of the holy child jesus and we'll give you praise amen and amen how many of you have ever wanted something from god and you were just battling and struggling and just believing and holding on and 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 fighting all hell just to trying to receive what you need from God, would you raise your hand? You know, uh, I have two wonderful children now, but when they were born, one of them was a delight and one of them was Rosemary's baby. <laughs> the oldest son, uh, I want to be kind because he's a good man now, but there was a time, all this white hair in my head is due him. And, you know, I had some goals in life. One was to get out of debt. I did that 32 years ago. So don't miss Pastor's series. God is trying to break the spirit of debt in the church. So don't miss that. And those of you watching by streaming around the world, don't miss that. I, I get to tune in on Wednesday night myself because I'm home and I always enjoy Pastor Rod's messages. After I got out of debt, my next goal was that my oldest son be delivered. He got hurt by the church, went into rock and roll music, had a band, opened up for a lot of the big name groups like Aerosmith and Rolling Stones, people like that. Said he'd never go to church again, never serve God again. That was a great burden of mine. 
I broke the spirit of debt in Chicago, Illinois with a $1,000 seed. God delivered me. I paid everybody everything I owed them in 12 months and never, and it was over a million dollars and I never have been in debt since. I did it with a $1,000 seed. So I was at a church in Houston, Texas, and I was, I was praying about my son. And I thought, well, I laid $1,000 on the altar one time. I'll do it again. I laid $1,000, and that's a $1,000 seed. I've never been in this church. I didn't sow $1,000. That's my $7,000 seed this week. See, God can bring you out and bring you in. He don't want to just bring you out of debt. He wants to bring you into abundance where you can sow. And uh, so I laid that on the altar. and I went home, came back to the church on Monday morning to pray. And Brother Don is, was my host last time I was here, so I'm going to use Brother Don. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate a vision God gave me. On Monday morning as I was praying, I lifted up my head and I saw the Lord. Now, nobody else might have, not have seen this vision, but I saw this vision. And Don, he walked over to me. Just You can remain seated. Just stretch out your hand. And he handed me a rope like this. And he closed my hand on it. And he walked back over here like this. And he said this to me, and it's powerful. He said, when you put a seed in my hand for something, I put a rope in your hand tied to your miracle. And he said, your job, and this is the title of my message, your job is to hold the rope. Now, Brother Don laid that down there on the floor. You see, Brother Don's a minister. Am I right? He works in the ministry here at the church. I visited with a Brother Don. He's a spiritual man. He loves the Lord. But did you see how easy it was to get him to let go of that rope? Did you see how easy he turned loose of the rope? He didn't question me. Don, don't feel bad because Jesus said the same thing to me and I laid it down. And he walked over to me, Don, and he handed it back to me like this. And he walked back over here and he said, I told you to hold the rope. Now, Brother Don, lay it down there again because I need to continue the message here. I need you to, to, lay it, to lay it down. Come on, I really do. Would you please? Would you please? What are you saying, Brother Payne? I'm saying that every time we lay that rope down and God gives us another chance, it's harder for the devil to get it out of our hand the next time. It's harder for us to let go of it the next time. Come on. We don't let go of it when the first little wind blows. We don't let go of it when somebody comes along and tells us it ain't never going to happen. Come on. We don't let go of it. You know why? Because we've been through that before. We know what it's going to take. See, it takes faith to please God. You want God to move? Get a hold of the promise God put in your heart. Tell the devil, 
I sow the seed, my seed's going to speak louder than my situation. My seed is going to speak louder than my circumstance. I had a hold of my son. Now, y'all sit down. Brother Don, I really, seriously, my brother, I need you to let down. Come on, please, please. Come on, brother Don, please. I can't continue the message if you don't if you don't work with me here. Boy, did I pick the wrong one? See, you may be holding on by a thread. You see what I'm saying? Come on, brother Don, please. Now I know. I, I know. You're trying to be spiritual and everything, but please just, just I, I need you just to, hey, would somebody, would somebody help me come and take this away from, you see, see, now watch this, y'all can't see what I see, there's people watching all around the world, there's people watching in Elkhart, and they're screaming, don't do it, they're saying, hold the rope. Come, I'm looking around here and I'm seeing people this lady over here with this hat on she's pointing her finger she's shaking her head she's saying don't let go come on listen listen aren't they enough churches telling people just give up aren't they enough churches telling people your marriage is over aren't they enough churches telling people you'll never get out of debt aren't they enough churches telling people your children will never be saved aren't they enough churches telling people you're never going to make it we need some we need some world harvest church to say don't let go come on hold on hold the rope don't turn loose of what God said in your life hold on look at somebody say hold on look at somebody say don't let go of the rope y'all make me want to clean this place up amen hallelujah some of y'all here this morning and you've been holding this lady I prayed for she's been holding on for a long time and some of y'all been holding on for a long time I got news for you this is your year this is your time God has you in the right place come on this is your time God is ready and getting ready to move in your life like never before come on hallelujah God is getting ready to do what he's never done in your life before God has got you right where you are this morning hallelujah God has got you right in place it's getting ready to break through for you hold on y'all need to sit down uh, come on come on brother come on brother come on. now hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on watch this watch this what did he do what did he do he ain't no longer holding like this. When I pulled on it, he went. When I pulled on it, he wrapped it around his hand. He got a different look on his face. You know why? Because now I'm trying to take away from him what God put in his hands. Some of y'all need to get that same look on your face. You need to take another hold on the rope. You need to get a firm grip on it and tell hell, not this time. Not this time. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is what Jesus said to me. He said, every time you take a turn on that rope, 
you get closer to your miracle. He said, every time you take a turn on that rope, you get closer to what's in my hand. Some of y'all about to take the last turn on the rope. Some of y'all, oh my God. Oh, you're about to take the last step out of debt. Oh, you've been walking a long time, but you're about to take that last step out of debt. You all, oh, you've been trying to, uh, you know, have the, uh, the power of God like you need in your life, and, and you've been walking toward it. You're about to take the last step. Hold the rope. Now y'all got to sit down because I got to get my text. I, I, I got to read my text. And I'm going to read out of Romans chapter 4, verse 17 in the King James Version of the Bible. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. I, I think they're probably going to put it on the screen for us. Hallelujah. As it is written... Can I sit down here by you, Don? Yeah. Hallelujah. Old man has to rest every once in a while. Whew. Now, what you got to understand here, God's talking <laughs> to a 75-year-old man that ain't never had no children. Am I right? And he's telling him, I made you a father. When the Lord tells you that he's going to do something in your life, then he starts referring to you in past tense. If he's called you to be an apostle, he tells everybody, have you met my apostle? He sees it before it ever happens. So he said to to Abram, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. Watch this. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being those things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham believed in hope and so became Became what? What God saw him. See, you ought to look in the mirror. I don't care if you owe everybody and his brother and your creditors are carpooling over to your house and got you on speed dial. You ought to look at your face in the mirror and say, you're looking at a debt-free child of God. You know why? Because that's how God sees you. Romans, or, or in, the, in, the, in the book of Deuteronomy 28, the part of Abraham's covenant, he said, you'll lend and not borrow. Look at yourself in the mirror, say, it ain't going to be long. I'm going to be lending money. I ain't going to be borrowing money no more because I'm going to get in on this teaching and I'm coming out of this debt. I'm not going to be a slave to debt any longer. I, I, God, I, I, I'm announcing my emancipation right now. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Amen. You know, something happens when you start seeing things like God sees them. 
was a lady down in Mississippi, not in that church where I made, wrote the song, but another church. I was down there, and she came to me, and I was taking up an offering because the church uh, had had a, a, a storm and, and messed the roof up, and they didn't have the money to put a roof on church. And so I raised the money to put a roof on the church. And she walked up and handed me $1,000, and she said, this is for the salvation of my husband. And she started to walk off, and the Lord said, tell her to come back. So she came back, and I said to her, go tomorrow to the Bible bookstore, get a Bible, and put his name on it, and lay it on the nightstand beside his bed, and tell him, that's the Bible that you're going to use when we go to church. This was on Sunday, Sunday night. Next Sunday morning, she got up to go to church. He got up. He always went either to play golf or fish on Sunday. But he got up this Sunday and went and got in the shower. She said, you going to shower before you play golf? He didn't say nothing. She said, you going to shower before you go? He said, shut up, woman. I'm going to church. He came and he gave his heart to Jesus. I know him. He's an usher in that church now. Loves God with all his heart. But see, she had to see him. I said she had to see him like God saw him. Now, sit down. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Most church I say stand up. <laughs> and then they just look at you. Uh, I told Pastor Roddy ought to charge people to come here and preach. Amen. I'm going to give you five things quickly that will strengthen your grip on the rope. Okay? You got something to write with? Number one, keep hope alive. The Bible said Abraham hoped when there wasn't anything to hope for. You see, because, you know, if God said something to this generation you and I are in today and it happened tomorrow, we'd be okay. But God said to Abram, I'm going to make you a father when he's 75. 85, 95, he's still not a father. It wasn't going to happen until he got to be 99. And his wife was going to be 89. Oh, I can't get no help. Some of you, I, you know, I have people come up to me all the time. Say, I, I listened to you and I started tithing and I did, I did it for three weeks and nothing happened. I said, boy, you hung in there, didn't you? Three weeks. <laughs> I gave a thousand dollars and it's been a year. Nothing hasn't happened. Boy, you hung in there. See, you've already laid the rope down forgot where you left it. You need to be stirred up this morning. You need to remember what was prophesied over you. What somebody said to your life. Come on, I'm telling you, I've had 67 number one songs, but it became a, a, it happened because of a prophecy. I gave my last $20 to a preacher when I was 19 years old, and he prophesied and said, 
God is going to take your music and your ministry around the world. I held on to that. Yet my greatest song has yet to be written and recorded. You know why? Because the anointing of God is on my music. It's on my ministry. I preach to over 200 countries almost every day. I, oh, come on. I'm talking about holding the rope. Holding the rope. Holding the rope. Keep hope alive. The first three songs I took to a publisher in Nashville, they threw them in the trash. Looked at me and said, you'll never be a songwriter. My heart sunk. Be careful, mom and dad, what you say to your kids. Husband, be careful what you say to your wife. God calls things that be not as though they were. Every publisher in Nashville could say, I'm not a songwriter, but that prophet of God said I was. Come on, everybody in the business could say, you'll never make it, but that, that prophet of God said you will. Come on, I got a hold of the rope. I didn't turn loose of it. I still got a hold of it this morning. I'm not done. You're not gonna get the torch out of my hand. You're gonna have to prize it out of my dead fingers. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm not backing up. As long as I got breath, I'm going to declare that Jesus can do anything. That Jesus can bring to pass your miracle. That Jesus can still do the impossible. You know, I have people, and you've got your critics, you know. Well, you know, I just don't like your songs. Well, I don't care. I laugh all the way to the bank. I don't like your kind of music. Well, I don't like your kind of attitude. Can you imagine, even at World Harvest, we're a church of faith. We're a church, I mean, that believes God can do anything. But can you imagine on Sunday morning, a 99-year-old man coming in here, walking down saying, Pastor Rod, can I testify? Sarah, 89-year-old woman gets up. Sarah's pregnant. <laughs> uh-huh. And you thought people would just laugh at you. Can you imagine? He's been telling everybody at World Harvest for 25 years, I'm going to have a child. That child's going to give birth to a nation. Can you imagine? Can you imagine bringing it into the 21st century, how Abraham would be accepted in most churches? Oh, they'd take Abraham out and have a talk with Abraham. The board would have to meet with Abraham. Come on, they'd have to tell that old man, you better shut up. Ain't no way you ever going to have a baby. Come on, ain't no way that old wrinkled up wife of yours is going to ever have have a baby but it didn't matter what the board said it didn't matter what the friend said it didn't matter what the family said it only mattered what God said God said he's a father God said he's a father of a nation it didn't matter what anything else said you got to keep your hope alive Shakespeare said in one of his writings Shakespeare said, when you journey toward hope, it's like journeying toward the sun and it casts a shadow of all your problems behind you. Whew. Isn't that powerful? You see, frustration 
delay. People will cause you to lose hope if you're not careful. Well, God must not have meant what he said when I was young. Because I'm too old now. Listen, I did television with a woman in, in Florida that was 82 years old. When she was a young girl, she was prophesied over that she'd build hospitals, that she'd build orphanages. But she didn't enter the ministry until she was 70. She didn't know she had a talent to paint. She didn't know how she's going to finance her ministry. She started painting, selling her portraits for thousands and thousands of dollars. Built two hospitals, two orphanages. And 82 years old, she's more spry than some of you 40-year-olds are. Come on, I'm tired of 40-year-old people checking out. Come on, well, I'm 40. I'm 40, you know. Well, so what? I got clothes that are 40, praise God. I'll be 71 in April, but I'm not backing up, bless God. Hallelujah. Get you some Geritol. Get you some vitamins. Do something, but don't sit there and give up on life. Keep your hope alive. How do I keep my hope alive? Well, if you're part of a church, you've got to avoid hopeless people. I love everybody. I just don't talk to everybody. Hello. I'm not going to shake hands with Sister Slipknot. I'm not going to dare ask Brother Backward how he's doing. You've got to hang around people that infuse you with hope. Get in the word of God. Read out loud what Jesus says about you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. Hallelujah. You're blessed coming in and going out and rising up and laying down and in the city and in the field. You're the blessed of the Lord. Nothing's too good for you. Brother Don, I, I need the whole rope now. I don't need just this end. I need, I need you to let go of this one too. Come on. No. Well, if nobody else got this message, Brother Don did. <laughs> Number two, you've got to keep your faith strong. Romans chapter four said, Abraham was strong in faith. Faith's not a movement. You hear what I'm saying? You don't have to go to the faith crusade to get faith. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing. And you know who you have confidence in more than anybody? Yourself. So take your Bible and begin to read out loud to yourself what God said about you. Stay strong in faith. Well, how do I stay strong in faith? Well, you starve doubt out. You refuse to doubt. Number two, you refuse to let a negative word come out of your mouth. Proverbs 18, 21 said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. James chapter one said, faith that hath not works is dead. So you know how to kill your faith? Talk doubt. Starve doubt out. You feed your faith. You speak the word of God, not the problem. 
Well, I don't believe there's any power in that. Then why do you cuss your car? <laughs> don't look at me like that. Look at your children and say, you'll never amount to anything. You'd be just sorry as you were dead. I, I don't know a man in the world want to live with a woman like that. Well, you don't know him. Well, you married him. You reap what you sow. You need to start sowing different seeds if you want a different harvest. Come on. You got to keep your faith strong. He kept his faith strong. He gave glory to God. Some people come to church and they praise God according to what's going on in their life. Don't let fear fuel your focus. And don't let what you don't have keep you from what you can have. And don't let circumstances dictate your actions. You got to come to church, climb up on top of your problem. When the music starts, quit leaning on the pew in front of you. Come on, quit sitting down halfway through and saying, my legs hurt. Come on, we had a prayer line. You should have been in it. Come on, you got to get up on your feet, climb up on top of your problem, and shout hallelujah anyhow. You got to get up there and say, I'm going through some stuff, but bless God, I'm going through some stuff. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to make it. I'm going to give glory to God. God said it. I believe it. Everybody's got problems. Am I right? Everybody said failures. But you just got to climb up on top of it. I mean, this man God's talking to, he's going to listen to his wife. <laughs> he's going to birth Ishmael that's creating problems in the Middle East to this day. Some of y'all have some Ishmaels. I have some Ishmaels. You see, we mess up. But we get up and we give glory to God. Number four, he was fully persuaded. I've never seen such a wishy-washy up and down, in and out church as I see today. Believe God one day on the bottom the next day. He's quiet in here now. Come on, come to church one time with the victory. Next time, their chin's way down here. You know what I'm saying? They believe God for this, but... Tomorrow, when all hell breaks loose, they don't know if they believe it or not. Could I quote you some scripture? James chapter 1. Uh, it says, uh, James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes that are scattered abroad. Greetings, brother. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing the trying of your faith. Work patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men, liberty and upbraid not, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. Faith don't waver. You don't come and give your seed on the altar thinking, well, I don't know if it's going to work or not. No. I tried this before. You come, you say, you know, I remember. I remember 
when I was in Chicago and I sowed a thousand dollar seed that I didn't have and God provided it and God got me out of debt now my son's out in the world the world's made its bid for his soul he's been out there seven years away from God away from his family I laid that seed on that altar God put a rope in my hand ladies and gentlemen he called me from Los Angeles sitting in, in, a, in, a, in a music office ready to sign three a contract for three album deal with rock and roll he called me on the phone he said daddy I can't sign it daddy I'm coming home I, I'm leaving the band I'm oh, oh come on now come on now he might be in hell this morning he might be in hell this morning I hadn't laid a seed on that altar and I hadn't held on to the rope he might have been in hell but today he's a great man The reason I sung that song this morning, he's produced every bit of music I've ever done. Not only that, some of the biggest names in the music business, he's produced them. Not only that, he photographs all the biggest names in the music business. His wife did the makeup for the Super Bowl. She does it for Property Brothers. She does it for the Home Shopping Network. That's his wife. That's my son's wife, precious woman. God blessed my family. God bless my family. A seed on the altar and a daddy that said, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not giving my kids up. I'm not giving my family up. I got to close. I hope I hadn't preached too long. And I'm not concerned about your time. I'm, I'll be 71 in April. I'm concerned about my time. You know, when you preach on television, you've got people, Pastor Rod has it, everybody's on television has it. And I had this guy, he was about 70 pounds overweight sitting on the tailgate of his pickup truck with, with the barbecue stains all over his shirt. And he sent me this message and he said, you need a more age appropriate hairdo. But he didn't have no hair. <laughs> and I thought, I don't need a ball guy giving me hair advice. <laughs> you see, but it was something to try to discourage me, dissuade me, turn me. You understand what I'm saying? You see, so you just laugh about it, preach about him, and keep going. Praise God. He was fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. The fifth thing you've got to remember, God can do anything. God can do anything. I wish I had got to my notes. I got some real good anointed notes, but I never did get back to the platform. But I preached pretty good without notes because I've lived this. I've lived this. But I do have to get something out of my Bible to share with you as I close. We never really sometimes understand the power of a seed. It was not just my faith that turned my son's life around. It was the seed I sowed.
Well, I can't get any help, but it's the truth anyway. And uh, recently I was in, uh, in Nigeria. And uh, I carry seeds with me all the time. I've been here and preached with these seed packets. You've heard me do that. And uh, I woke up on Monday morning and the Lord spoke to me and it wasn't about a thousand. He said, I want you to sow a $10,000 seed today. He didn't even say good morning. He just, <laughs> I mean, the moment, Brother Chris, the moment my eyes opened, the Lord said, sow 10,000 today. And it was December and I, I didn't come prepared to sow 10,000. Some of y'all may have this morning. Thank God for you. But I didn't. But I knew that voice. John 10, 5 says, my sheep know my voice. I knew that voice. And even though it didn't fit into my schedule, didn't fit into my budget, uh, I obeyed. I said, Lord, as soon as I get there, I'll sow 10000 So I did. And while I was getting ready to go to church, I was looking down at these seeds and I saw this color-coded map on the back of these seeds that tells, uh, maybe they can get a picture of that on the screen, but it tells, uh, it's color-coded and tells you if you live in Ohio or California, when you need to plant this seed to get this harvest of tomatoes, and then there's a prophecy on the front of the seed that tells you how many days it'll take to get it. I like that. But I'd seen that before. The seed has to wait for the right season to be sown. But here's the revelation God gave me. I never heard it before. Never heard anybody preach it before. He said in the natural, the seed has to wait on the right season. But he said in the spiritual, the right season is waiting on the seed. Did you hear what I said? The right season is waiting on the seed. I didn't know, Brother Chris, that God was trying to get a year's budget into my hand in December. My ministry operates on a budget. It normally takes me all year to raise the budget. But I sowed that seed, and six days later, my entire budget for this year, 2020, was met. Oh, what normally took a year, took six days when I sowed a seed that activated a season. You see, when I sowed that seed on that altar, I didn't know then what I know now. But when I sowed that seed, I activated a season that's still going on to this day in my son and his wife's life. I activated a season of blessing in their life when I sowed that seed. I, I told the devil, get your hands off my kids when I sowed that seed. Some of y'all need to sow a seed right now. You need to activate a new season in your life. You need to tell the devil today, I'm sowing a new seed. You know, we always sow by appetite, what we have an appetite for. I don't sow okra because I don't like okra. You do, that's, God bless you, We're, we can still fellowship. I don't have a denomination of not liking it. 
just an opinion. <sighs> Y'all get that later. <laughs> if you want to get out of debt, sow a seed. Say, my seed today, Brother Rod's getting ready to teach on, on getting out of debt. My seed today, I'm bringing my seed and I'm sowing my seed because I'm getting out of debt. I'm getting out of debt. You know, I put two seeds on the altar here at this church last year uh, on Resurrection Seed Sunday. I tell you, I believe in that. That's a revelation God's given Brother Rod. And I put two seeds on that altar. And I'm telling you, God has lived last year after 51 years in, the, in, in serving Jesus and 40 two years of full-time ministry. Last year was our best year financially in the history of our ministry because I believe I put a resurrection seed on that altar and God bless my life. Hallelujah. And before I take my seat this morning, I want to ask you to join me. Pastor Rod's away preaching. The last thing he needs to be concerned about when he gets back home is not having everything he needs to feed kids and people around the world. He don't need to be thinking about, you know, the financial needs of World Harvest Church. He's going to sow into other ministries. And so when he comes back, I want him to, I want him to be happy and say, praise God, my people, they love me and they love God and they love the church and they believe the word of God. And they're going to sow. There's 200 people here today. Listen, are you hear what I'm saying? There's 200 people either here or watching me on television right 200 people that need to join me in what I'm doing. I don't come to this church. I don't get a portion of this offering. I'm not taking an offering from me. How many of you understand this is for World Harvest? It don't make me richer. Come on. It, it, it doesn't change my life at all. This is World Harvest Church. This is a ministry. Come on. Don't shout and tell me how much you, you know, uh, appreciate the word of God going forth. If you're not willing to join and say, hey, I believe it so much, I'm going to sow a seed. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? This is fertile ground. This is good soil. I can't afford to do that. I couldn't afford to give 10000 Sometimes you've got to do what you can't afford to do. If you keep sowing what you don't need, you'll keep reaping what you can't use. Somewhere, you, you know, you've got you to just step out. We, we, how many of you understand we're talking about faith? I kind of always enjoy this part. People really, their wheels are turning and God's talking to them. And some people today watching us by television, some of you here, you're about to step across the line. You're about to embark on a brand new season. Come on, how many of you believe that if you never had made tomatoes before and I gave you this pack of seeds and at the right time, you planted them, even though you never had them before, you'd have tomatoes. And if you took seeds out of those tomatoes and planted them again, you could have tomatoes the rest of your life. I picked up these seeds the other day. They're called So Easy. And the Lord taught me a great lesson because they're wrapped and coated with everything necessary for a harvest. And so the Lord said to me, tell my people that when they sow their seed, wrap their faith around it. Cover it with faith. This man sitting right here is my host. I kept him up late last night because my plane was late. He was yawning on the way to my hotel. Brother Yoder's a great man. Thank God for him and his wife and what they mean to this church. 
But he told me this morning, he said, a certain minister came to this church and challenged me to sow. He said, when we sowed, it changed our life financially. He told me that this morning. Today could be your day. God sent a preacher to sow a seed and challenge you to sow a seed. Everybody needs to get a seed in your hand right now. Get a seed in your hand right now. Everybody get a seed in your hand right now. Understand this is not my offering. Understand that a portion of this offering don't go to me. Just understand this is for World Harvest Church. I'm so honored to be here to preach to you. And I'm so honored to give. How many of you received something this morning that you can use? How many of you received something that, that you're going to take out of here and say, you know, my life's going to be different. I'm going to stand and hold on. Praise God. Don, I'm going to leave that with you to remind you everything you believe in God for. Hold on. Amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, would you come? And I'm going to pray. Hello. Come here. Come here a minute. Come here. Listen. Listen. Listen to me. Everybody listen to me. God is not obligated to you beyond opportunity. When he presents an opportunity for you to change your life and you say no, he's not obligated to you beyond that point. This widow in 1 Kings 17, she changed her season. She was in a famine, getting ready to eat one cake and die. God sent a servant just like me. She obeyed the servant and her seed created a new season. Genesis 26, Isaac that son of promise, that son that Abraham believed God for, was in a time of famine. A season of famine. He sowed a seed and it moved him from famine to a hundredfold. Seed sown in time of desperation produce maximum multiplication. Today, God's talking to somebody. God's talking to somebody to do something you've never done before. And your seed is a rope tied to your miracle. Father, open every heart and every hand. Lord, the hands that lift to you in praise, let them now lift a seed to you. Lord, I pray that this will be a great seed that will meet every need of World Harvest Church. I pray that you'll take my seed and multiply it back to my hands that I might continue to sow every time you tell me to sow. I bless you today, Father, and I thank you that you hear our prayer. I break the spirit of debt. I release the spirit of a hundredfold. I command the devil to get his hands off of your finances right now in the name of Jesus. By the anointing and the authority that I walk in, I command the blessing of God on you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If Jesus came today, are you ready to meet him? Are there some things that's moved you away from him? Some things you need to get right with him? You don't need to leave this building today. This is a dangerous world we live in. Just a few Sundays ago, my heart was broken by the death of Kobe Bryant, this young man who had everything to live for. 
He had been to church that morning and taken communion. Didn't know that before he went, before the sun went down, he'd be in eternity. You see, we never know. But aren't you glad Jesus came and died for us? You that are watching by television, streaming, computer, your smartphone around the world, Jesus loves you. Although you're not here, Jesus is where you are. 51 years ago, I prayed this prayer, Lord, I don't have anything to offer you, but here I am. If you want this old drug addict, Lord, I don't have anything to give you, but here I am. And Jesus walked into my heart 51 years ago. I had nothing to offer him, but he had everything to offer me. I'm going to start over here on my left, and I'm just going to scan the crowd. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to, I just want to ask you by an uplifted hand. Brother Payne, pray for me because I need God to do some things in my life. I'm going to start right here all the way to back. If, if you need prayer, raise your hand up in this section right here. God bless you. Hold it up high. What about this section here? Right? Just hold it up high. God bless you. God bless you. How about in the, all the way to the back? How about here, God? I need you. Lord, I need you. I need some things. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you. What about this section here, Brother Payne? Pray for me. Pray for me. What about this section, Brother Payne? Pray for me. What about here, Brother Payne? Pray for me. Oh, bless your heart. Stand on your feet if you would. Amen. You may not feel comfortable doing this, but, but do it anyway. Join hands with the person next to you. And if you raise your hand, squeeze that person's hand and begin to pray for that person right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree. Those that need to come to you, Lord. Those that need, Lord, salvation here in this building and around the world by television, computer, smartphone. Lord, all they got to do is pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I ask you to come into my heart now and save my soul. Jesus, I pray for souls. I pray for salvations, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for everyone today, Lord, that's holding on for a lost loved one. God, I pray that they won't give in or give up. I pray for that one, Lord, who has a lost spouse, God, that they'll come in. Lord, they have lost children, they'll come in, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every promise that you've made to everyone in this building, that from this day forward, they'll begin to take a turn on that rope of faith. And Lord, they'll hold on to the miracle happens in Jesus' name. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Everybody give God a shout of praise. Yeah, hey, I see that driver is gearing down, got his turn signal on, and I can see the yard there up there in front of us, so Looks like our ride's about over. So if you enjoyed today's program, drivers, log on to lonesomeroad.org and go to our webpage and click on Broadcast from the Past and you can listen to all of our radio programs right there. Or give us a call, 618-383-2107 and we'll send you a double handful of our radio programs to listen to as you travel that old lonesome road. What has a big trouble, children? Step on in. What is a big trouble, children? Step on in. What is a big trouble, children? Step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now, wash away your sin. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. There was a pool in Bethesda where they brought the sick and lame. There was healing in the water when the angel came. 
What Jesus did in Bible days, he's doing once again. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. Well, what does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now and wash away your sin. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. Well, I can feel the spirit like a rushing mighty wind. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. Well, what does it be in trouble, children? Well, friends, if you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want to hear from you. Give us a call right here at 618-383-2107. And remember this, friends, Jesus loves you. And we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. Let Jesus heal your body now and wash away your sin. What does it mean, trouble, children? Step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now and wash away your sin. What does it mean, trouble, children? Step on in. Hello, Lonesome Road family. James Payne here, coming to you from the cab of my pickup truck. I'm holding in my hand two seeds that will not reproduce. One is this $100 bill. The other is this peach seed. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why won't they reproduce? Well, the main reason this seed, this peach seed, and this $100 seed will not reproduce is because both are in my hands. If I take this seed and I put it in the earth, it will activate the 17 nutrients of the earth and they'll be attracted to the seed and they'll create a resurrection and a multiplication. If I take this seed and I put it in the kingdom, then it'll activate the power of the kingdom and the promises of Jesus and a resurrection will take place in this seed and also a hundredfold multiplication of this seed. So you see, God has given you and I in the natural and in the spiritual the ability to sow a seed and see that seed multiplied. Just this week, I received a letter from a lady whose house was in foreclosure. She called the mortgage company numerous times, but they would not return her call because the date had been set for her foreclosure and for her eviction. She saw me on television preaching on the power of planting one seed in the right place at the right time. She got together a $1,000 seed and she sowed it. A few days later, the mortgage company called her and they caused, they discounted her payment $569 a month 
cancel the eviction and now she's able to keep the house that she's been paying on for 15 years but had gone through a difficult situation because of her job but now her future in her home has been secured through a seed i'm going to ask you today to plant a seed in lonesome road ministries some of you could plant a thousand dollar seed some of you could plant a hundred dollar seed i want to ask you to plant your best seed today but I also want you to become a monthly partner with Chaplain Rayburn and this great ministry that's touching over 8,700,000 truckers that run up and down the highway. We have the potential through this ministry to touch their lives and change them. Let me tell you, when you sow into that type of ministry, you're going to get a quick harvest and you're going to get a hundredfold harvest. So don't delay. Sow your seed today. Pittsburgh rolling down that Easter Seaboard. I got my diesel turned up and she running like never before. But well, there's a speed zone ahead, alright. But I don't see a cop in sight. Six days on the road and I'ma go make it on tonight. I got me ten forward gears and a Georgia overdrive. I don't need no pills cause my eyes are open wide I just passed the Volvo and a white I've been passing everything inside Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it on tonight I'll take it home Look out, Mama, here I come. 